0: Supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen, but it does happen now. Look doc. We're buddies, okay? But don't try to convert me. I'm trying to prepare you. My name's Markway Dr. Marquay, a scientist interested in the supernatural the Unnatural if you like I came to Hill House to find the key to another world Assisting me in this exploration of the unknown was Eleanor Nell who could look back into the past and Theo Something of a witch who could see into the future. This is Luke, who didn't believe in anything until evil, patient and waiting, made him change his mind.
1: Stop it! God. Oh, God. Whose hand was I holding?
0: How many of us take seriously the things we cannot or do not want to understand simply because we are afraid? Uh, Elena, you're calling! Did you hear me calling? uh, uh, This house... You have
1: to watch it every minute.
0: The Haunting was produced and directed by Robert Wise, brilliant producer of West Side Story. The stars consist of a cross-section of top talent in the world of entertainment julie harris claire bloom richard johnson russ tamblin what does it take to convince you that the dead do not always rest in peace but some houses like hill house are born bad
1: hello again you're listening to girls guts and giallo and i'm here today with danny Janay. hi danny hi and we're talking about the nineteen sixty three film, The Haunting, or sometimes known as the Haunting of Hill House. So Danny, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do, what you're about?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, so my name's Danny Janay. I am a poet and writer, um, in general all around horror fan and fan of things that are creepy or um, grotesque in some way. Um, I am a writer for auto straddle but also just a freelance writer so I do a lot of publication work um yeah that's who I am
1: cool and you're also a tarantula owner
0: yeah I am yeah <laughs> my tarantula's name is Delphine Sade um and she is an Arizona blonde tarantula and she's very beautiful
1: I'm obsessed with yeah. your tarantula posts I <laughs> you inspired me once before we were following each other on Twitter to tweet uh lesbians who own arachnids or insects are the most powerful. (laughs) It's true. It's just true. So we're talking about The Haunting. Uh, Why did you choose this film and when did you first see it?
0: Um, I chose this film because I am just so intrigued by... um, either film or like TV show adoptions of that book, uh, The Haunting of Hill House, um, and just seeing what people do differently uh, with them. Um, I first saw it a couple years ago. I do a thing every um, Halloween time where I watch a different horror movie every day. Um, Same. I watched that one. Uh, And there was a particular scene that I'm sure we're going to talk about that like really scared me. And I think about it a lot. Um, so I like became sort of obsessed with it because of that and because of um, Claire Bloom and her portrayal as Theo, um, which I really liked and loved to talk about.
1: Yes, love her. Yeah. And I think I saw this a long, I saw it a long time ago, but I hadn't rewatched it in a, in a while until <clears throat> we decided to do it for this episode. And uh, it was a lot gayer than I remembered yeah Yeah. so a 1963 British film directed by Robert Wise and it's based on the 1959 novel The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson which I haven't read have you read it
0: I've read it in parts
1: okay yeah I've read excerpts Yeah. yeah and I know that there's a lot of things that they changed I know that Um, I, I think I, what I read in the film comment article that I sent you was that Shirley Jackson wasn't necessarily happy with how much they amped up the lesbian subtext. Like, I think she, she wanted it to be more subtle, but I mean, to us, it's so subtle, but I guess in in 1963, (laughs) like that was, it was a big deal. Yeah. Uh, So it stars Julie Harris as Eleanor, Claire Bloom Mm. as Theo, and then some men. (laughs) 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 Richard Johnson, uh, Russ Tamlin. uh, You know, they're there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm kidding. They're really great in the movie. (laughs) Uh, And the screenplay is by Nelson Gidding. So how much did you read about how they actually made the film like with uh, the camera no. at work okay
0: um, yeah I just did some brief little research on it
1: yeah it with it. so they approached uh, Robert Wise approached Panavision to make a special camera for the film oh so he used this 30 millimeter anamorphic wide lens uh, but Panavision didn't finish it in time like it was not it hadn't been tested so it was not technically ready to used Mm -hmm. to, to be used so it caused some distortions um and it was only given to him robert wise on the condition that he sign a memorandum where he acknowledged that the lens was imperfect oh wow yeah so but they utilized that aspect of it so The cinematographer David Bolton planned sequences that kept the camera moving, uh, Mm -hmm. utilizing these low-angle takes, and incorporating unusual pans and tracking shots. Yeah. And
0: those are a lot of those, like, from-below-angle shots, especially during the high-tension moments.
1: Yes. Yeah, this film, you know, for 1963, has a lot of really experimental camera work. Yeah. um, And a lot of really strange edits. uh, Like... The edits will, it, 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 it's called a, a, a match on action cut. Mm-hmm. So like somebody will be walking into a room and then it'll cut and they'll be in the room. Um, and but, but it disrupts the one eighty degree rule because the what the one eighty degree rule is, I'm getting into my editing teacher mode here. the <laughs> the one eighty degree rule is like you're always keeping people in the same line of sight. So okay. if you have an establishing shot where one person is on the person a is on the right and person B is on the left, when you cut to them in the conversation, person a always stays on the left, person B, uh, person A always stays on the right, person B always stays on the left. But if you disrupt the 180 degree rule, now they've switched sides. Okay. Yeah. So they do, and that, the, like, the, you're supposed to follow the 180 degree rule to keep continuity. Okay. So that you always know where people are in space. Uh-huh. But in this, they disrupt the 180 degree rule a lot because you're supposed to feel very uncomfortable in the house, yeah. just like yeah. the people do. Yeah. Uh, fun facts. So. Uh, as getting crafted the screenplay uh, he came to believe that the novel was not a ghost story but a compilation of insane thoughts from the oh. lead character eleanor vance so they really amped that up when yeah they, they did. right uh he theorized that she was having a nervous breakdown and originally they were going to write the script so that you find out that Hill House is actually the hospital where she's being held and okay. um, Dr Mar- which I would have hated. <laughs> <Dr. yeah. laughs> right. And Dr Marquay is the psychiatrist and the colds and the banging sounds are all like the results of shock treatment. Wow. Yeah, but Shirley Jackson was like no. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> yeah <laughs> so thanks because that, <laughs> that would have sucked uh i like it this way a lot better obviously uh julie harris who plays eleanor actually uh wanted the role m- because the role was interesting but also because she had an interest in parapsychology
0: oh, okay
1: yeah that's cool that is cool and bloom's character uh they hired the costume designer Mary Quant to design mod clothing specifically for her. So she had like a more beatnik look. Yeah. Right. I she love her clothes. More yeah, yeah. She's so, I love her clothing in this movie. Yeah, too. Uh, And Wise, Robert Wise, called The Haunting one of his top 10 or 12 favorites among the films he made, and yeah. that it was his favorite filmmaking experience. Yeah. Uh, Just like a few more facts. For Hill House, they shot at Eddington Park, which is a 19th century country house in England. Mm -hmm. And everybody was very spooked by it uh, and didn't want to stay there. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) they actually shot the interiors on a soundstage at the British MGM studios, which I, ignorantly enough, did not even know that MGM had overseas studios
0: yeah me either
1: yeah so that's kind of fascinating uh and wise said that his contract with mgm specified that the picture could only be shot in black and white okay which he preferred for it anyway uh harris suffered from depression during the shoot and felt alienated from her fellow castmates but she says this actually helped her develop eleanor's character because that's her entire character in the film. Yeah, definitely. I wonder if that, if it was, if she just like really got deep into the method yeah. acting of it.
0: Yeah, I love that too. You
1: yeah. It? It sure. yeah. Uh, yeah. The reception of the film was mixed. Audiences found it scary, but critics found it boring and lacking in action. But in retrospect, it's remembered as a landmark, particularly for its special effects. Yeah. Uh, which are so cool. And Robert Wise would use the staircases as makeshift dollies. So oh. right. So like those scenes where the where it looks like a spiritual entity is entering entering someone. Mm-hmm. Uh like the camera was placed on this makeshift dolly on the staircase and it would oh. they would move it really fast. So it would look like somebody was like That's a really ghost awesome. was going inside someone. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. So that is the making of haunting of hill house um and now we can talk about this plot
0: yeah let's do it
1: yeah so we open with this voiceover about hill house and we get this great creepy music beautiful high contrast black and white cinematography and we get the narration of hill house. So do you do you remember what it, what is the lore about hill house?
0: Um wait, do you think that uh the voiceover is Dr. Markaway? That's
1: that- what I thought cuz he's telling yeah. um Mrs. Sanderson yeah about the house like the or he's talking about the background of yeah. the house.
0: Yeah, he's talking about um The Crane family, Hugh and Abigail Crane. And then, like, uh, I guess this is a house that Hugh built himself um, for his wife and his daughter. And um, I guess immediately upon arrival, his wife dies in, like, this tragic accident.
1: Right. Um, In her carriage, uh, which crashes against a tree. Yeah. And as she approached the house for the first time, so she never actually stepped foot inside the house. And then Crane remarried. Uh but his second wife also died yeah. in the house from a fall down the stairs. Yeah. yeah. And then Crane's daughter Abigail lived in the house for the rest of her life and there's this kind of cool cross dissolve thing they do where yeah. they show her getting older in the same bed. <laughs> she never moved out of the nursery. Um and she died calling for her nurse companion. Yeah you right. Yeah, banging on the wall and her companion her paid companion inherited the house but later hanged herself from the spiral staircase in the library and then so it's got this sordid history uh hill house was eventually inherited by mrs sanderson and although it stood empty for some time uh so she's oh, she owns it but nobody lives in it mm-hmm. Uh, and I was immediately struck by, and I wanted to hear your thoughts on this, that women die at the house, but Hugh Crane died away from the house in London. Yeah. So, like, men don't die in this house. Yeah. Only women.
0: It's also, like, it seems like whatever entity is in the house only wants to interact with the women. Right. Um, like, the men can have, like, experiences with whatever is there but it's the women that are mostly targeted um, and who see and feel things and are more receptive to things.
1: Right. And it kind of reminds me of, there is this book, I don't know if you've read it. It's called the monstrous feminine by Barbara Creed. Um, You would probably really like it. And she talks about the haunted, haunted house imagery in horror films as like a monstrous womb. Oh, and how it, 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 yeah, it acts as a as a womb, but it's also, like, to me, the women in this, it, it's kind of saying that they're more in touch with the monstrous nature of the house and, like, more in touch with nature also, um, just, yeah. like, more intuitive. A lot of horror movies do this where women are more tuned in to the paranormal. Um, yeah. I can't think of a lot of examples of movies where men are the ones – Tuned into the paranormal, they they exist, obviously, but yeah, this is very common imagery. So we meet Mrs. Sanderson and Doctor Markway, uh, and he is insisting to her that he wants to study Hill House, and she says no one has ever been able to stay there for more than a few days because it's so haunted. And Dr. Markway tells her that he intends to occupy the house with these carefully selected assistants to document the supernatural, and they all have experiences with the supernatural. Wow. And Mrs. Sanderson brings up that the assistants that he's chosen are women. So
0: Yeah, she does.
1: Right. So there's definitely this fear of women and sexuality um, and women just, just being around women, like they're – Mm -hmm. there she's afraid that it'll be indecent but it's also kind of implying that they're like these conduits for the house like you were saying like the spirits only kind of interact with women Mm -hmm. so dr Markway says his wife will not be joining because she disapproves but she'll be there later (laughs) (laughs) uh mrs sanderson's like who? So who is this guy? Her servant. I had my her back there, right? <laughs> like okay, uh, suggests that her nephew Luke, who is to inherit the house, wants who wants to live off of it, joins them. So mm-hmm. Luke is like he'll come in later, and he's kind of like the skeptic of the group. Yeah. Uh, we meet Eleanor Lance. Incredible performance yeah like she's incredible she's really like the glue of this film
0: yeah absolutely
1: and she experienced poltergeist activity as a child uh and spent her adult life caring for her invalid mother whose recent death has left her with severe guilt um and she seems to be mentally ill and is treated like a child by her sister and her sister's husband
0: yeah her family is very um belittling to her especially around like the death of her mother um and you know just being very condescending to her when they speak to her about um the car and how it's half her car but it's not really hers um and they don't really think she owns it or that she's capable of driving because of some like perceived mental illness um yeah they're just like very cruel to her that's yeah, they're true.
1: abusive. Yeah. Yeah. Like, really... She really wants to get away from them. Um yeah. For good reason. Definitely. Yeah. And Eleanor, she's obviously, like, a very... She has, like, an untreated mental illness. She's very nervous. She's kind of emotionally stunted because she spent all of her adult life taking care of an old woman. And what's also interesting about this film is... I, w- this is common in films now but I feel like it was less common at the time is her inner monologue yeah. uh, that we get throughout the whole film. Like we're really in her head and yeah. her inner monologue starts to be a huge part of the movie at this point. Um, She hopes that this is like her big chance to leave and never return to her family and I also noticed that there's themes here about women's independence Mm. in regards to mental illness um like you know we're kind of moving into a women's lib moment in history and i feel like a lot of the conversation is about how and and has been historically about how women are How am I trying to word this? Like, I'm thinking of the yellow wallpaper and okay. right yeah. how women like go insane when they're confined, or like women are pathologized or made to be seen as hysterical yeah. uh, for wanting independence. Huh. And that is how I sort of read what was happening here.
0: Yeah, I got that too, for sure.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Eleanor, who who also goes by Nell, um, runs into, she's going to Hill House, and she runs into this ominous caretaker,
0: uh,
1: Dudley. Dudley and his wife, they're kind of like classic horror movie harbingers of doom
0: the wife is hilarious she's so funny
1: yeah how she just like laughs (laughs) when she leaves the
0: room (laughs) like no one can hear your screams in the night and then laughs and leaves i know
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah respect her yeah she's (laughs) Uh, dudley has a contempt of city people Mm. also which was interesting to me like the horror movie uses uh like, I don't I don't know if you if you know if you have thought about this or can speak to this, but the way that horror movies that are set in cities have a different kind of dread than horror movies that are set in rural country areas hmm. Like in this movie, it's very much emphasized like no one can hear you scream yeah and in horror movies that are set in cities, the horror is more like anybody could be lurking. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, and in this one, it's like, you're alone with this ghost. Uh-huh. So... Eleanor finally sees Hill House, and she sa- this is when she starts to say the house is staring at her. Uh, yeah. Like, it's a person.
0: Yeah. I noticed with the, um, the shots of the house, there are a lot of, like... There's a lot of shadow play that makes it look sort of like something ominous is in it or like the house itself is sort of like a living thing right um, that I was really interesting which i wonder if was a part of the the camera that you were talking about that the camera that wasn't like um made correctly or like finished
1: right that's yeah i that i think so and i think you know specifically the cinematographer like, yeah. I think they wanted the house to look like it had eyes, like those yeah. two windows. Because mm-hmm. um, she's, you know, she starts to anthropomorphize the house. Yeah, definitely. Um, Very early she
0: does that.
1: Yeah. Like, re- yeah, like om- almost immediately. Like, she sees it. She's got this nervous tick, right, where she blinks really rapidly. Yeah. Her inner monologue becomes really frantic. She's scared of the house, but she's also drawn to it. Yeah. Um, Eleanor meets the silent and creepy Mrs. Dudley. Yeah. And she's disturbed by these various statues in the house. Mm. And her own reflection even scares her. Uh, Mrs. Dudley emphasizes that her and her husband do not stay on the grounds past dark. And like we were saying, like, help is far away. And then she laughs. Yeah. <laughs>, <laughs> Eleanor takes in the vast gothic splendor of her creepy room. And her inner monologue says, I'm like a small creature swallowed whole by a monster. Yeah. Which I also found very sexual. (laughs) I mean, that could just be me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Like it. And that that also makes me think of the house's womb. Like she's this little thing just like in this vast monstrous womb. Uh, Nell meets Theodora. Yes. The other subject who is in the room next door. And she's very glamorous and beautiful yeah and she's got this leather hat on
0: <laughs> yeah there's like this immediate contrast between nell who's like so nervous and is already like scared and contemplating like leaving but still pulled into the house and wants to stay um and then there's theodora who's like this self assured confident woman who's here to like she knows things about nell that like nell hasn't said yet um things like that just like she's automatically like a very powerful person as opposed to Now, who like wants independence but hasn't found her way to it yet
1: yes yeah yeah Yeah, and their their appearance is really contrasted like you were saying like theo is very and she's got this that cute tomboyish name too like she she goes by theo and Mm -hmm. she's very modern and eleanor seems like she's almost of a different time
0: yeah definitely
1: like of the past and that also because she's been stunted because she's been caring for an old woman and Theo has been living in the modern world mm-hmm. um, and they're kind of flirty yeah. <laughs> like immediately it's really uh-huh. gay <laughs> uh, and Theo says put on some of your new clothes and my note here is mommy yeah <laughs> <laughs> so Boy. Theo is mommy in this very much yeah
0: major mommy vibes
1: from Theo. Major. And I was reading, but I don't really agree with this, but I was reading that the representation of Theo is different than other representations of lesbians at this time because she's not like a predatory villain and because Mm -hmm. she's feminine. And I was like, a lot of predatory lesbians in film are feminine. Yeah. And also she is predatory. Like she's a gaslighter. Yeah, <laughs> like she yeah, so I definitely don't agree with that. Um,
0: yeah me either.
1: So th- the reason Theo is there is cuz she's a psychic.
0: Yes.
1: And Theo and Nell explore the house. They're kind of immediately like close and they get lost. They feel this chilly presence. Uh eleanor says the house is alive and theo says it wants you Nell. the house is calling you yeah so there's this like really shaky camera work whenever nell is frantic Mm -hmm. the women meet dr markway nell is relieved i find that nell is always more comforted when there's a man around
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: And Theo is like, take it or leave it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Theo sometimes has this, like, contempt for the men when they arrive, especially Dr. Markway. Yes. Um, He seems like a nuisance to her when he arrives, especially when um, Nell is there as well.
1: Right. And Dr. Marquay explains that the large maze-like mansion's walls were constructed with angles slightly askew, Mm -hmm. resulting in off-center perspectives and doors that open and close by themselves. Uh, We meet Luke Sanderson, who is making martinis and immediately flirting with the women, and Theo is Mm -hmm. like, ew. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And we learned that there was originally six people in this experiment, but they all dropped out because they were afraid of Hill House.
0: Yeah, I noticed that.
1: And I wonder if they were also women.
0: Yeah. I don't um, say. There was that shot of the board where Dr. McWay is like writing down the names of people he wants to come. Um, and then he like checks off Eleanor Nance at one point. And I'm trying to remember if there were, I know there was a couple more male names on there, but I'm trying to okay. remember. Okay. How many people were
1: on there right that would be interesting to look at to see yeah what the gender makeup of that is uh dr markway explains why he's interested in the house and in them in particular and it's because they have experiences with the supernatural um and he says nell has experience with a poltergeist but she denies it
0: yeah she denies it like vehemently
1: yeah and so with the experience she had with the poltergeist is that rocks were falling on her house for days
0: yeah for three days
1: right and and she denies it interestingly enough because this is why she's chosen for the experiment so it's interesting that she now chooses to deny it yeah um I feel like she's trying to look like she's not as crazy as she is yeah but it just makes her look crazier yeah <laughs> Uh, Dr. Markway rejects the word haunted, which I found interesting. He calls the house deranged. Oh, yeah. And that the house was born bad. Mm. Even making this more like the house is a living entity. Yeah. Luke is the skeptic. Uh, Eleanor interrupts in like this crazy fashion because they've moved on from her talking yeah. about the poltergeist. <laughs> and she is, you know, she says, The poltergeist was just neighbors throwing rocks at the house. Mother says they hated us because we wouldn't mix with them. Mm -hmm. And my note here is major mommy issues. (laughs) (laughs) This movie is so mommy issues. Like, Eleanor has such mommy issues and Theo becomes like a toxic mommy. Oh, yeah. And yeah, it's very much about the, the fraught relationship between mother and daughter. And Abigail has, you know, two moms die very right.
0: within her, like moving into this house.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. So very much about the deranged relationships that mothers and daughters can have. Mm-hmm. Um, all four people hang out in the main room, which is like the room of operations. And Eleanor feels like she belongs her inner monologue is very unhinged, like she's, yeah. but she also feels like she's part of something, which she hasn't felt like ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eleanor has this feeling that she's being watched by something. And Theo says to her, if you're feeling the least bit nervous, you can come into my room. Uh-huh. like, yeah, <laughs> I bet. <laughs> and... She also says, you've been thinking of changing your hair. I know the style just for you. Yeah. Like she's, again, the mommy vibes. Again, yeah, but overbearing, you know, to overbearing like Nell's real mother probably.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Uh, Eleanor wakes in the night thinking her mother is calling her. Yeah. Because that's what her mother used to do. Her mother would like never let her sleep. She would bang on the wall all night. And then she remembers where she is. Eleanor and uh, Theo are terrified by supernatural occurrences at the, outside Theo's bedroom window. There's this deafening banging against the door, and the room is deathly cold. So, this was another thing I found interesting. Um, there's a lot of parts in the movie where you know that the supernatural entity is there because it gets really cold. Oh. Uh, and Robert Wise wanted a way to show that on camera, which obviously. How can you show a temperature change? So what they did is they had them uh, put this like ghostly pale makeup on them whenever it would be cold, which I didn't notice, honestly, because yeah. I think I'm, I don't have like a 1963 sensibility. Like I'm not watching black and white films as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I didn't notice that they're paler when it's cold, but I'm sure on a rewatch I could notice it. Uh but that that was cool. Um, so the women cling to each other in terror. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also noticed that whenever the women are scared, there's close-up shots on their faces.
0: Yeah,
1: like the movie is really interested in their in women's fear.
0: Yeah, definitely. Especially Some, Nels, I feel like.
1: Especially Nels, yeah. So the. There's something is like sniffing and grunting outside the door and turns the knob. They hear a young girl's high-pitched laughter. The haunting subsides and Luke and the doctor enter. And Dr. Markway says he feels like something is trying to keep them all separate. Yeah. Because uh, he was
0: with the, the dog that they found or something.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. What about the dog? What, what was with the dog? Do you remember...
0: Uh, Dr. Markway said that he heard something like sniffing outside of his door and or running past his door um, so him and Luke went outside to like follow it I don't know if they actually saw the dog but they just like heard dog noises and there's also like the sniffing and grunting outside of um, Theo's door um, but yeah I was like um, I was it made me think about hellhounds because I've been reading this book that has hellhounds in it, I think, and so I was just like curious as to like what exactly that dog entity was supposed to be.
1: Yeah, and what it what is a hellhound? It's like um,
0: basically like a demon entity that is sort of like a wolf dog, um, that can be called by like spirits or um, people with supernatural like leanings.
1: Oh, yeah, kind of like a familiar
0: yeah
1: okay cool because i was just talking about the movie rebecca for this podcast with another guest and there's a dog in that too um and yeah we never learn like what exactly the sniffing and grunting is that happens but that makes a lot of sense it's a yeah. a hellhound uh so eleanor expresses oh the next day nell and dr markway are alone and markway explains his past and Eleanor expresses that she remembers being afraid last night, but not what it felt like. Yeah. And which I found interesting. Me too. And like the house, it, but also reminded me of birth, right? Like how yeah. if you give birth, you remember that it was painful, but you can't remember the pain because your body uh-huh. like wants you to give birth again. Uh-huh. So. Yeah, so you I mean, of course obviously it's different for everybody, but a lot of people who get, have given birth have said that they remember that it was painful but they can't remember what it felt like. Yeah. Cuz Right, because then you would never want to do it again yeah, <laughs> if you remembered right. it. So that that was interesting to me and also like the house is making her forget her fear. Yeah. Uh so the house like wa- it's an antagonistic relationship cuz the house is scared and wants to scare her, but also wants her to stay. Yeah.
0: So in her and her staying. Yes. um, Which is evidenced by like later scenes when uh, stuff happens with like the writing on the wall.
1: Right. Oh yeah. I think that happens now. I think. uh, So Dr. Markway says it's not a good thing that, that she's, she says she's excited by the house. He says that's not a good thing. Uh (laughs) Which kind of made me feel like there's some subtext there of like, him repressing her sexuality in some way.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and the Theo enters, and he's and she's like pissed off at Doctor Markway because she feels like he didn't explain how yeah. haunted the house is. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and she also says she's this she's afraid of getting what she really wants.
0: Yeah, I noticed that. I wrote that down um just because it's like such an odd phrase yes what I really want um and I was thinking about uh that in the context of her sexuality yes um afraid of uh like confronting her desires for women and I'm not sure if like in her life in whatever city she lives in she's like openly out and like living in that way but it felt like, to me, like, a comment on her sexuality.
1: I agree. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, hints at it. Yeah. And that's one of them. So, in the hallway, Luke shows the group this strange writing in chalk that's mm-hmm. appeared on the wall. And it says, help Eleanor come home. You yeah. could read that so many ways. Like, you could read it like, help Eleanor, come home. You could also read it as, help Eleanor come home. Like, mm-hmm. to the house. Yeah. Um. You don't know how to read it. And Nell is horrified and distraught. Uh, Nell accuses Theo of writing it because she didn't have breakfast with her. Mm-hmm. So she's already accusing Theo of like being gay, I feel like. Yeah. Like there's Yeah, definitely. She's like, You wrote it because you're deranged and gay and I <laughs> wouldn't have breakfast with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Theo says maybe Nell wrote it because she wants attention yeah after all why did she change her hair yeah,
0: Uh a comment oh my goodness
1: right which is so gaslighting too because she told yeah. Nell to change her hair <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay. and, and then Nell apologizes which is very typical of somebody who's being gaslit like yeah. oh you're right I'm sorry I'm crazy yeah uh, Luke shows the group how each statue in that this area of the house is a person who occupied Hill House, so even the companion who inherited the house as a statue. and they all think that the companion statue looks like Nell yeah and Markway says she's a natural beauty, yeah, and Nell is pleased
0: yeah. Theo is not pleased. No.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is when Nell starts to develop a crush on Dr. Markway. Yeah. Which he fucking feeds.
0: Oh, yeah. Big time. Like,
1: he yeah, he loves it. He's like, oh, natural beauty. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know how she's going to take that, dude. Luke sexually harasses Theo. <laughs> Like, yeah. you remember he's, like, touching her and she's, like, oh, yeah. don't touch me. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's an eerie kind of discord among the group. It's very much a dysfunctional family. Like, Definitely. they all act, they're they're bound by trauma. Like, they are so scared of this house and they cling to each other because there's no one else there. But they're also, con- they also have, like, such discord among them. Mm-hmm. Definitely. The immense library contains the this ramshackle spiral staircase from which the previous owner hanged herself, and Nell is deeply disturbed by the library and can't even enter it.
0: Yeah, the smell like overcomes her.
1: Yeah, it's and
0: to remind her of the smell of her mother. Yes, when she is like sick and dying.
1: I was wondering if you had any ideas about why it would be the library. Like, what about the symbolism of books? And libraries.
0: I don't know. I think um, probably there's this connection between like libraries being this place of like learning and knowledge, um, and this like vast um, amount of information that's in there, uh, and then like now who spent her entire adult life, you know, caring for her sick mother, never really got to explore anything, never got um, to go to school or do anything um, to expand or, like, expound her mind or anything like that. Um, And so I think there's, like, a connection there of, like, her almost rejecting this place of knowledge because it's not something that was ever available to her and she never knew that.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. And also... Th- that aspect and also of knowledge being kept from women in general. Yeah, true. Um, and, you know, Theo has no problem entering. Because yeah. she, Theo, feels that the, w- the world is open to Theo. Like, she doesn't have a problem moving into spaces and feeling like she has access. But Nell is really repressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, suddenly, the camera moves in such a way where it seems like the spirit is entering her. Because um, she's out on the balcony outside the yeah. library. And she's musing on what it would be like to fall from this tower. Mm-hmm. So she's kind of suicidal.
0: Yeah.
1: And the spirit, it looks like a spirit's entering her. And she almost falls like the wife did falling down the stairs. Yeah. And Dr. Markway catches her. And he, he insists on sending her home. But she refuses And he thinks she might be hallucinating and compromising the experiment, which I was like, you know what, dude, fuck you. Like you knew that this person was fragile. And also, isn't this what you wanted? Yeah, it's
0: exactly what he wanted. Yeah. We're looking for evidence of the supernatural. And you have it now with these like two women telling you that there was like banging on the door and then there's this like mysterious writing on the wall. And he's suddenly like, oh, it's a hallucination.
1: Right. Gaslighting. Yeah. yeah. He tells Theo to move in with Nell. Yeah. <laughs> and in the room that night, Theo gets Nell drunk and uh, and Nell paints her toes. This scene is really queer coded.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Theo is like the kind of evil unmarried lesbian who's trying to loosen Nell up. Yeah. Uh, and she also says, you'll be a different person when I'm through with you. Which I was like, okay, hot. (laughs) What is this (laughs) this supposed to be? You know, there's just like a lot of subtext there. Yeah. Uh, Markway calls for the women because him and Luke have found this cold spot in the hallway. Mm -hmm. And he believes that this is the heart of Hill House.
0: Yeah, the nursery.
1: Right, the nursery. Which, again, womb imagery. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Back in the room, Theo says to Nell, why are you mad at me? I don't think you killed your mother.
0: Ooh, yeah.
1: Right, because Theo can like kind of read Nell's mind.
0: Mm.
1: And uh, this is when we learn that Eleanor feels guilty because she feels like she killed her mother. Mm. So Eleanor is awakened by the sounds of a man speaking indistinctly and a woman laughing. So fear of sexuality fear of adult sexuality uh fearful eleanor asks theo to hold her hand and as soon as she she feels this crushing grip yeah and eleanor hears the sound of a young girl crying and she shouts at whoever is causing causing the child pain Mm -hmm. then theo awakens with a start and turns on the light and we see that eleanor has moved from the bed to the couch suddenly and she realizes that Theo was not the one holding her hand. Yeah, creepy.
0: Yeah, that scene was very creepy. Yeah, and That's because there's like that death grip on her hand,
1: right? And it just like the the idea of hand holding and like toxic intimacy, also like yeah. someone crushing your hand, even though you've asked for comfort. Mm-hmm. Eleanor tells Doctor Marquez she's afraid it's all in her mind. Of course she feels like that because everybody's telling her it's all in her mind.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh all the time. Yeah. Uh,
1: she confesses to him that the night her mother died, that her mother knocked on the wall, but Nell didn't answer because she was asleep uh, for once. And she yeah. feels intense guilt. Yeah. And Dr. Markway says she's just human and was tired after caring for her mother for 11 years, as anybody would be. And Theo mocks Nell in front of Doctor Markway about her ambition for her own apartment.
0: Yeah, that was we, sad.
1: That, that was sad. sad. Like, yeah. She and she's like jealous because Nell has a crush on Doctor Markway. Yeah. Though she there's she has this cycle uh, where she abuses and then comforts Nell. Exactly. Which and I just said this in my Rebecca episode too, <laughs> like. My PSA to queers, this is, this is actual trauma bonding. (laughs) Like, trauma bonding is not, like, talking about your trauma. Trauma bonding is when somebody abuses you and then comforts you after they abuse you so that they become, like, the source of the pain and also of the comfort. So everything is, like, tied up in that person. Um, And, yeah, there's a lot of, like, classic emotional abuse stuff in this movie, like gaslighting, trauma bonding, All that stuff. Yeah. Theo follows Eleanor, calling her a stupid fool for having a crush on Dr. Markway. Yeah. And Nell says, the world is full of unnatural things. You, for instance. Yeah. So this is also queer coding. She knows that Theo is gay.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Um, and Theo knows, she knows, like, she reacts to that very, like, mm-hmm. okay, she knows who I am. Uh, what do you think about, I I don't know, what do you, th- what do you think about that? Like, what do you think about the way Theo is coded?
0: Um, I think there's, like, some interesting parallels between, like, queerness and the supernatural or, or like, unnatural things that happen in this, you Ooh, know, like, yeah. um, yeah, everybody in the house supposedly has had these experiences with the supernatural, like things like that. But Theo is the only one that like has a a power, you know, like she's a psychic, she can see things, she knows things. Um, Nell's experience is just, you know, like the rocks, the stone shower that happened at her house. Um, Yeah. She like, it seems like everything is more open and Um, open and like available to Theo because of her um, her like supernatural power which is connected to her queerness in some way at least that's what I got from it Um, Right. like the way that she moves around the house with ease and she Mm. goes into the library despite there being um, you know this like intense suicide that took place there and there's like some haunting elements in there too Um, she just seems like it seems like, um, like the her being a lesbian or like a queer woman gives her a power that is like repulsive, but also attractive in some way. Yeah,
1: yeah. It, and it also puts her on the same level as the men.
0: Yeah, definitely. right.
1: Like her and the men can access different parts of the house, whereas uh, Nell and then later Grace, yeah, are obscured by the house like they get lost in the house they can't Mm -hmm. move freely through the house like theo's power masculinizes her and it is both coded as uh evil and also as empowering
0: yeah exactly which
1: is interesting like there's oh it's all it's like kind of the most non-judgmental predatory lesbian trope i've seen it's like she's abusive but then she's also like kind of a complicated person who also has a lot of power and can move with ease through things and um she doesn't die at the end which is interesting which is like most coded predatory lesbians in film die Mm -hmm. uh so she's not condemned in that way at the end of the film uh, you know, spoiler. It's been it's been out since 1963, so <laughs> uh, see it, please. It's it's a yeah. great movie. Uh, so Doctor Markway's wife, Grace, arrives at Hill House and warns her husband that a reporter has learned of his investigation. Um, imagine anyone caring about that nowadays. So. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Okay, some creep is investigating a house Like there's shows about it now I don't know, it's just so funny to me Uh, Grace announces that she plans to join the group For the duration of the investigation She demands a bed in the nursery Mm -hmm. Despite her husband's warning That it is likely the center of the disturbances Uh, Interesting, because she's the only married woman And she wants to be in the nursery Yeah Grace seems like... So, like, half the cast is British, half the cast is American. Grace seems like this plucky American broad. Like, (laughs) she's... Like, Dr. Marquay is, like, more of a stuffy kind of British guy. I mean, I I actually can't tell who's British and who's American, but I know from reading that... Yeah. Some of the cast was American, some was British. Um, Yeah, and she just kind of seems like... She just kind of orders Dr. Markway around. She's like, okay, anyway, I'm staying. I'm staying in this room. I'm not staying in a room with you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Eleanor keeps looking at things and saying, my mother. Like, everything is reminding her of her mother. Theo leads her away gently. So, again, like, she was just, they were just abusing each other. Like, they were just having this horrible fight. And now she's gently leading her away. Uh, Nell's inner monologue tells us she's scared of losing her place in the house not now that Dr. Markway's wife is here, yeah, Markway wants the women to spend the night in the parlor because their room isn't safe uh, that night. The group experiences loud banging and an unseen force attempting to force its way into the living room where the- in which they're staying. Uh, the banging then proceeds and moves up to the nursery where we can hear sounds of destruction and Eleanor runs to the nursery, but Grace has disappeared and no one knows where she is. They're not concerned enough with this.
0: Yeah, not at all. She disappears and it's sort of like, well, I guess we have to find her. I know
1: she's straight up gone from the room. Like I would be <laughs> freaking out. Dr. Markway is like, Hmm, she's gone. Nell's grasp on sanity is very tenuous at this point Definitely. she says I'm disappearing inch by inch into this house which yeah. is you know it can brings to mind this idea of the house like swallowing you but it's also very sexual like going inch by inch into something
0: yeah.
1: uh, she wants to stay at Hill House and she, she always, and she says, I will not be frightened or alone anymore. She enters the library and she climbs the dilapidated spiral staircase. And once she reaches the top, this is so funny. Grace appears unexpectedly at a trap door, <laughs> looking like <laughs> crazed and disheveled. <laughs> and she startles Eleanor to her, like nearly falls to her death. Yeah. Uh, so she's like feral in the house. Yeah, it's so strange. Like it's she's like,
0: only a few minutes have passed since she's got, like gone missing, but she's already like dirty and disheveled.
1: Yes, and,
0: like has this wild look in her eye, and it's like so weird.
1: It's so weird and creepy. And Markway rescues Eleanor, but just misses seeing Grace, who has disappeared. So she like opens this trap door <laughs> and then like closes it. <laughs> Uh, and Markway becomes alarmed at Eleanor's obsession with the house, in, uh, and despite her, her pleas to stay, he insists that she leave at once and asks Luke to accompany her home. She says, it's the only time anything's ever happened to me. I'm the one it really wants. Can't you feel it? It's alive, watching, waiting. She's fully yeah, enmeshed with the house. I mean, oh. her and this yeah, like her in this relationship, all of her relationships are abusive and toxic. Like her relationship with her mother, um, her relationship with Theo and her relationship with this house. Like yeah. it's both terrifying and she wants to stay there forever. Yeah. Before he can join her in the car, Luke Eleanor drives off and speeds down the road towards the front gates, and she soon feels the steering wheel move by itself, and the car advances erratically. She struggles to regain control, but then surrenders, and suddenly Grace appears from behind a tree (laughs) and steps in front of the car, and Eleanor crashes into the tree and is killed, the same tree that the first Mrs. Crane crashed into. So, the house has claimed her, yeah, so Eleanor dies, uh not anybody else, and Grace explains that she got lost in the house, yeah. and that she doesn't she doesn't know how she got outside. What do you make of this
0: it's It was strange for me. I feel like throughout the movie, there was some like drawing of parallels between um uh Eleanor and like the the companion mm-hmm. and it, it, you know she looks like her because of the statue and then there's the fact that like both of them ignored knocks on the wall from like women they were taking care of and those women died as a result um so I was thinking that like um the house was like trying to claim Eleanor because it reminded her of the or the house was reminded of the companion mm-hmm. um, and they wanted to like absorb Eleanor because of that um, but then there's this like um, ending scene where she dies and there's a parallel made between her and like the first wife of the house. Um, and also there's this like uh strange thing about like wives and how they are um, treated in the film. Like Grace basically goes crazy and like is running feral in the woods. Um, and then both of uh What's his name? Hughes' wives die right uh, early on, and there's just like something about like the power and independence that these women have that like the house wants to claim in some way.
1: Yeah, or like the house wants to make them like its wives or something, or. Um, and also there's, like, some doppelganger thing going on. Like, Theo is the only brunette, maybe. Yeah. Am I wrong? Like, I feel like all of the wives and also the companion and Grace are all blonde.
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: And Theo, her hair, like, you know, distinguishes her. Uh, and, yeah, like, there's kind of a fluid relationship between all of those women. Like, they all become each yeah. other yeah
0: definitely.
1: um like Grace becomes Eleanor like she becomes this crazed woman like running feral through the house so she becomes Eleanor but she also becomes uh, the companion and Eleanor becomes the companion and also the wives and also Dr yeah. Markway's wife when she's having like a love thing with him yeah. uh so there's they they women like all are enmeshed and become each other except Theo yeah. Which again sets her apart. And Luke observes that it seemed that Eleanor deliberately aimed her the car at the tree, but Markway asserts that something else was in the car with her. And he notes yeah. that right, he is the one who says, Oh, okay, this is the tree that killed the first Mrs. Crane. And Theo remarks that Eleanor got what she wanted, to remain with the house.
0: Yeah. Theo.
1: Yeah. So she's like the she's the one of the last words of the movie
0: yeah
1: and that is the haunting
0: yeah Theo seemed like remarkably unaffected by I know
1: yeah she was like yeah well now she's with the house (laughs) it's like (laughs) okay (laughs) they're all like not sad enough yeah about Uh it they're it's like when Grace goes missing they're not concerned enough it's very they're not an um they're not an emotional bunch and yet they are yeah it's strange so anything else that you wanted to say about this film um
0: i don't think so i like um i think what really still sticks with me throughout like i watched it a couple times um but just like thinking about theodora and like her power um and how that gives her this like freedom to live, but also um, I think at one point, even Nell calls her repulsive
1: Mm -hmm.
0: like that. And there's just like very weird balance that gets struck between like powerful, but also disgusting because of her queerness um, that I haven't really seen a lot in movies where there's queer coding um, and like that predatory lesbian vibe that happens in these movies, um, it's usually like the the queer coding makes the character disgusting.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: they die at the end or somewhere in the movie. Yeah,
1: um, yeah, the lesbians they, usually die.
0: yeah. But Theo is awarded this like um, sort of untouchability because of um, who she is and the power that she has that I found very striking.
1: Yes, yeah. Theo's the the most well her and Eleanor are very their relationship is the most interesting aspect of the movie to me.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: They're like weird, codependent, abusive relationship. Yeah. So thank you for talking about the haunting with me.
0: Yeah, no problem. Thank you for inviting me.
1: Yeah. Where can people find you on social media if you want them to?
0: Um you can find me on Instagram at BellbivDah.
1: Amazing. <laughs>
0: And um, my Twitter is at FigWidow.
1: And do you have any projects uh, or writings you want to promote?
0: Um, Well, you can check out my writing on Autostraddle. Just go to autostraddle.com and um, search Danny Jenae. And you can find everything that I've written for them. Um, I have a few projects coming out that I'm very excited for. So look out for those. And um, my website where all of my poetry and stuff is at is... um, bigwidow.com so you can check that out
1: too awesome and you know where to find me as always twitter and instagram girls guts jello patreon.com slash girls guts jello and i will see you next week next friday